Welcome to season two, episode two of Community is a Verb. My name is Connor Kaysen, your co-host here at CIAV. And next to me via the powers of the internet is my noble co-host, Mr. Well-Traveled. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Connor? So um, I'm talking to you from Austin, Texas today. And so Austin, normally you're in Houston. Why are you in Austin? Business, uh, you know, uh, DeMarcus, uh, who I collaborate with on uh, software is out here, as well as James, a photographer and videographer I work with. So yeah, we have some projects we're working on. Uh, more to come on those though. Okay, I know you don't want to spoil too much, but it, like it, it's related to the next up app, correct? Or is this a different project? A couple of a couple of different things. Um, so definitely related to Next Up. We're going to continue there. I have some actually bad news related to Next Up. I think I told you. I don't know if we talked about it here, but I we applied for the Apple Entrepreneur Camp for Black Founders and Developers, and we didn't get accepted, unfortunately, for Next Up. So we have to talk about next steps. But um, I'm still very excited about you know the opportunity to help voters um, in the midterm elections, and we. Have we're going to figure out, you know, what we can do um, with the next iteration of Next Up. I love that mentality that you're taking. I mean, when when you create a startup, failure is really part of the journey. There's lots mm -hmm. of failures, tons of ups and downs, probably more downs than there are ups when it comes in that journey. So it's just another speed bump that you're going to get over. And I really like the approach that you're taking. It's like, we didn't get in, uh, which I'm, I'm sorry to hear about, but I think you're in the right mind state to say, hey, we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to figure this out and, and uh, get better. I think that's great. Yeah. And so, so where are you calling from? Cause, cause normally you're in your house. So uh, where are you today? Oh, I'm in a hotel. And so the hotel is uh, not too far from uh, the state capital. So, you know, after I finish up and I'll be able to uh, go out and take a walk in downtown Austin. Um, one thing, though, I'll say is I'm currently in the business center, so I'm not like in my room yet. I'm waiting to check in. Well, I'm checked in. I'm just waiting for the room to get, get ready. I'm a little early. Oh, man. And I haven't been in a business center in, in a while. Uh, I know, I, right? I, I would assume it's not very busy, though, which could be a good thing. No, no one's in here and the computers don't even work. <laughs> yeah, because I, I would assume sharing a computer right now is probably frowned upon. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Well, thank you uh, on the road, joining us here for the show this week. I think this is the first time that we've done the show with people with either of us not in their houses. So uh, we're yeah. proving that that the model still kind of works, right? I think thanks to Zoom and the powers of technology to connect us like this is pretty cool that we can still do the show and everything sounds the same. Yeah, no, that's one of the great things about today's technology that, you know, I can be in Seattle, I can be in Houston, I can be in Austin, and work continues. It does not stop. I love it. Well, before we get into uh, this week's topic, including we got another email from a guest, uh, what's what's been going on with you the last two weeks uh, as far as uh, either relating to anything that happened in the previous episode or going on with work with you? Uh, the inauguration was this past week. We had MLK Junior Day uh, on Monday earlier this week. Anything that you want to touch on to, to note? Uh, all of those things were good things, <laughs> you know, I mean, I definitely was excited about the inauguration. We have now turned the page. We have a new chapter in the book. So I'm, you know, looking forward to um, what this new administration is going to be able to do. And I am very um, 
I was I was very happy to spend some time reflecting upon uh, you know the contributions of MLK to our society and um, as well uh, as uh, you know Hank Aaron passed this week and it was very interesting to um, hear more about his life because you know I'm, I, that's not my generation so there are a lot of things that I didn't know um, about his life that I was really impressed by and saw as you know lessons and how to navigate um, you know very very challenging environments. Yeah to be a black athlete in the 60s and 70s uh, and to hear the stories about the the racism that he dealt with throughout mm -hmm. his whole career and he had an extremely long career right he had 20 plus seasons in major league baseball i mean he really is the uh the babe ruth of that era and uh all those stories kind of have been lost a little bit with time but it's interesting yeah. to hear about the world that he experienced as an athlete. And you kind of think about all the things that we've talked about in previous episodes about what athletes are going through and the kind of new uh, platforms that athletes are uh, using to promote the messages that they care about. Uh, it's it's not really new, right? The, it's, it's broader probably because social media and the way that we're all connected now, uh, but athletes have been speaking out for, for decades about the yeah. issues that they experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, how about you? How are, how are things in your world? Uh, yeah, it, it was a good week. MLK Junior Day, unfortunately, wasn't a day off for me, but I, there's, there's kind of no days off when, when you're independently employed. And, uh, but it was, it was great. That night I went and supported Jerk Shack, which is in Belltown. And uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but there is only one restaurant in downtown Seattle that is a Black-owned restaurant, um, which... Is surprising, not surprising at the same time, uh, but very limited selection if you're looking in that area. Uh, so I was happy to go dine there that day. And uh, the inauguration, I caught most of it. I had some work going on that day. I host office hours every Wednesday, uh, but great to see. Really exciting to see how much action is being taken this quickly. It's nice to feel like we have somewhat of a plan going forward with COVID-19 as well. And so we'll see kind of where that all ends up going. Plus, uh, obviously, the Trump in the Senate situation. We'll talk about that later when that comes down the pipeline. Uh, but I did do one really exciting thing is uh, I launched a website for a friend and fellow friend of the pod, Grant, Andrew Grant Houston, also known by Ace. He was a guest. Uh, he's an architect guest on our podcast last season he officially announced that he is running for mayor and yeah. i think it's so funny because when we had him you threw it out in the episode like jokingly like so ace are you gonna run for mayor and he kind of like no 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 like he played it off uh but at that time he was actually already thinking about it and that just was coincidence that you brought it up and uh he put out his name to as he was really the first candidate to publicly come out and say i'm running for mayor of Seattle. And uh, I had the honor of building Ace's website for him, which was really cool and fun. And, and he brought he brought this up to me after he was on the podcast about wanting some help. I built his other website for his company house, Cosmopolitan. And so he reached out and he, he pointed out, he was like, there's all of these past previous candidates and typical websites that are done by government entities, whether it's mayoral candidates, city council, and, and 
what I learned was a lot of times they have political consultants who come in and like pull up, put up a splash page on a WordPress site, which is relatively inexpensive and it's ugly. It's all text. There's a donate button and really boring. And Ace being the architect design inspired person that he is, he's like, I need to do something different. When people land on my website, they need to realize that I'm a different candidate. We're doing things differently and it's going to have a different look and feel. Uh, and so we went back and forth. I built the site on Squarespace, which in my opinion is so much easier than WordPress. And, and uh, we made sure the site was out of the day that he announced, which when he announced, he got covered by The Stranger, by Converge Media, um, and he's had a bunch of other publications come out since then. And he really got a great bump because he was the first like official mayoral candidate, which I think was really smart by him to be ahead of the curve and kind of get that uh, initial notoriety just by being the first person. I thought it was really clever by him. And uh, yeah, the, the website, it's got a modern design. If you want to check it out, it's agh4sea.com. And uh, I'm really happy with how it turned out. It was, it was a fun process just to learn about what it takes to run for mayor. I never worked really on any political campaign. I wasn't sure what it took to run for mayor. And uh, um, complicated in some parts, simple in others. It's very interesting to watch. And, and you and I are both really supportive of him and wish him the best in, in this journey. It's, 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 it's a long road until we actually vote for mayor. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and it's really exciting. I thought the website was great. Um, I was very impressed with the colors and the design. Uh, really caught my eye. It did look different than any other, uh, you know, political campaign website that I, that I think I've seen. Um, it, it definitely um, made him stand out. And yeah, the media coverage was amazing to see. Um, now, one of the things that I noticed on the site uh, as well was there's a donate button. And it looks like the Ace is trying to uh, raise some funds so that he can qualify for something called democracy vouchers. And that was something I wanted to ask you about because I also saw recently on Instagram that you posted about that. And I'd like actually to learn a little bit more about you know, what are democracy vouchers, how are they used, and what do they mean for the voters? Great question. So democracy vouchers are a system that I'm only aware of that we have in Seattle. I haven't seen it anywhere else, but I'm sure they do mm -hmm. exist. But in, in short, the city gives all of its resident voters free money to donate and contribute to political candidates. Uh, so whether that's mayor or city council, uh, I would think that you can actually apply it at other levels, but I do know specifically it applies to all the Seattle city affiliated positions and you get them in the mail. They're like little gift certificates and you can sign them and send them to different candidates. And then those candidates can use them to fund lots of different political activities in their campaign. Um, I'm not really sure specifically what the expense list is, uh, but they redeem it with the city and the city uh, kind of pays them back for that money. And I think that is such an underrated thing here in the city of Seattle that nobody ever talks about uh, and doesn't really get a lot of recognition. And it's probably one of the best ways that us as citizens here in Seattle can be politically active. It's getting like the city literally gives us free money and says, please go give this money to the people that you believe in, that you want their voices heard. Uh, so they kind of can compete against all of the 
other people who might be raising large corporate donations. And I think that's mm -hmm. a great way for all of us individuals to get involved. And so the democracy vouchers obviously have a system for you. Can, it's just not cash. You can't just like give it to anybody. You have to qualify to receive the vouchers in which then you can redeem with the city of Seattle. So this was the big part that I learned about running for mayor. Uh, the Getting these vouchers is extremely important and helpful towards your campaign because it can add up to be a lot of money. So to qualify specifically for mayor, what Ace needs to do is he needs to collect 600 signatures and donations from Seattle residents uh, that pretty much say, I support Ace. I want him to, to qualify to receive the vouchers. So right now, the, his primary goal and why I think it's smart for him to get started early is he's out there collectively getting these signatures. You can check it out if you um, look at his website, you download a form or get the edit editable PDF, sign your name, say, I support Ace. Uh, and then there's a section that says donate $10 minimum. And very simple process. You can donate the $10 onto the secure website. You submit the form onto a Google Drive folder. It's two clicks to get there on his website. Very simple. And he's got to collect 600 of those. I know he is well on his way to getting those. I'm pretty confident he is going to get those 600 um, signatures and donations, which is really exciting. I mean, that's that's legitimate support for a candidate. And, and I think it's smart that the city kind of sets that threshold for getting 600. That 600 is a serious amount of people in itself. Um, none of us really know 600 people in, in that way. To, so you actually do have to go out and, and get people to talk about you and, and to activate on your behalf. And so yeah. I'm excited for them. Well, what do you think about these democracy vouchers? You know, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I You know, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So I'm curious to see how it plays out, how it works. You know, I will, I would say this would be the perfect system for an Instagram influencer, actually because you know one of the things that you could do to easily get the 600 signatures is if you are very hyper focused in in a city for example seattle and you have a lot of followers and those followers actually purchase your products or they you know they, they click the links that you you have for affiliates and that kind of thing so um yeah that that's an interesting thing because you know some candidates in for national elections or other types of elections, they have been very successful using Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube to be able to uh, generate support. And so this is a, a one way even prior to voting to show direct support for a candidate. So I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this model works. Um, it's also an interesting thing to observe because we talk a lot about money in politics, right? But normally we're talking about corporate money. We're not talking about money from individual potential voters, right? Because at this point, no one has voted. So you're voting with your, your dollar. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this type of funding, um, you know, can work as an alternative to corporate funds. Because that is one thing I did notice on ACE's website, that he's not accepting any corporate donations. So if is this going to be a, a really competitive alternative, right? Because other candidates will eventually enter the race. And when they enter the race, many of them will be receiving corporate funds. So that's what I'm curious about. Yes. And, and I actually am not sure. I haven't asked ACE if he's specifically not going to take 
corporate donations. Uh, mm -hmm. But in order to qualify for the democracy vouchers, the donations can't come from a corporation. The donations have to come from citizens. And that is like one specific uh, distinction that is made on if you're donating the $10 and signing this thing, you have to be a resident of Seattle. Um, mm -hmm. They ask you like your employer as well. And they also have a note that's like, you cannot donate with a credit card that's under a business. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I just everything that's been going on the past year, I, I've given away those democracy vouchers once. And that was because I met, uh, this must have been four years ago, a potential city council member met with me, got coffee, like wanted to learn about social media and find me in Seattle and how she could specifically utilize social media to promote their campaign. And I ended up giving my democracy vouchers to that person just off of that meeting. And that's really where I first learned about them, but I haven't donated to them since. And so uh, I'm excited just to know about them more. I'm certainly going to promote them a ton on my Instagram because I hope that everyone else that's here, it's just, it's such an easy way for us to be active in our community. And, and yeah. I'm proud to be a Seattleite that we have that system created. I think that's really cool. Uh, whoever has the Connor, hold on, hold on one second, Connor. You should have gotten your, like, your digital key as well. Yes, I saw that. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay. That's uh... my room. My room's ready. <laughs> I'm going to, for, for the people listening to the audio, uh, we, we already talked about being in the business center, but uh, that, that's a, a special sneak peek into what happens yeah. doing a live podcast like this. <laughs> uh, but that's probably a good time to transition. My, my closing statement was that I'm proud to live in Seattle, that we have a progressive city that has thought and implemented something like this. Like, hey, let's make sure we give our voting citizens some some dollars on their own to contribute to the people that they want to be on a platform. I think that's really cool. And uh, something that I'm proud of once again, to live in the city. Yeah, no, it's great. And I'm excited for Ace. Um, um, I think he's a great candidate and I am, I, you know, I hope we, in future episodes, um, you know, get to hear some updates on his journey and some of the, the things that he's, uh, I guess encountering as his as a first time mayoral candidate because you know this is probably as close as I've ever been to a campaign and you're you're definitely a lot closer than I am so uh, yeah I'm I'm really curious I agree it's an interesting look I'm curious to see I about just the information that he receives I'm curious to see what kind of things are submitted on the website right on, on the forums uh, good and or bad. Uh, I haven't really like dove into any of the comments. I'm always terrified to like look at the stranger comments, right? Because the stranger's not always the most uh, um, uh, buttoned up institution, should I say, with, with how people are going to respond. And so, yeah, I think that's a good idea for us maybe to get him for a follow-up episode just to see what it's like and and see what those lessons are. I, I don't have any interest in running for mayor, but it is very interesting to watch and see what it actually takes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, the thing is, it's not an easy job, extremely difficult and challenging job. So at least the process to get in that position kind of matches, but I also mm -hmm. do wonder the, the process is so complicated and difficult that sometimes, like I think about it with president, right? That that's why we end up getting two specific candidates that like no one really is all that in love with because the process is like so grinding out that only a certain type of 
um, especially for present, like narcissistic personality can like really like fight through all of the stones that are thrown at your house uh, to, to get through that process and not just be like mentally destroyed. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, sometimes I think that maybe that process is, is weeding out the wrong people because of how vicious it actually can be. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, well, should we jump Let's, into uh, the question of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, we got an email this week after putting it out from a, uh, he, he called himself Max L. And so let's read this little letter and that we got our email and then we'll answer the question that he's got for us. So here's the email. It says, Dear Mr. Well-Traveled and Connor, last week you shared your story about meeting each other in person after connecting on Instagram. Honestly, it made me a little sad and a little jealous. I graduated from college in 2019 and moved from Florida to Seattle in November 2019 for my new job. With it being the holidays, I realized I might not have moved here at the best time. However, when Thanksgiving came around, one of my coworkers invited me over to celebrate with him and his family, which took some of the worry away from being alone for the holidays. I spent Christmas by myself, aw, but was lucky enough to again spend New Year's Eve with my coworkers. I had met some new people and thought I was starting to make friends. I even went on a date with a girl I met online. I know this sounds good, but three months later, the pandemic had started and my job moved to remote full time. Since then, I haven't, I really haven't had many friends in Seattle. I haven't heard from my coworkers outside of work and the friends I thought I'd been making haven't reached out. I heard about the Seattle freeze when I moved here, but hearing you two share your story made me wonder, what do you think of the Seattle freeze and how have you been able to make friends in Seattle? Signed, Max L. Well, thank you very much, Max. Hey, well, uh, yes, thanks, Max. Uh, you know, thinking about what your your experience has been, I think, you know, particularly for a city like Seattle, there are so many people who move uh, for work. And if you don't have, you know, existing friends or family or, or, or otherwise a network, usually your coworkers become your first form of support. And I think Max is going about this the right way. Um, I the Seattle freeze is an interesting term to me because the the idea comes from you come to Seattle and people in Seattle are a little bit chilly. They're a little bit cold. They're not easy to embrace you and bring you in and to, into their circles. And that seems like the opposite of what Max's experience, right? Um, I think when people talk about Seattle freeze, they are probably not talking about people who are from there originally, because I think in my experience, um, in Seattle in particular, people who are not from Seattle tend to be rather warm and open and inviting. And I think it's because they share that experience of being new in, in the place and having to you know, connect with others. Um, so I think, I don't know how, tr how real Seattle Freeze is. So I'll say that part. I think, Seattle Freeze could also exist anywhere, right? It could be in any city, any any place you go where you're new and you don't know anyone. Um, and especially in the times that we're in, right, where we're in a pandemic and we're told, I mean, the actual term that we use is keep social distance. So <laughs> um, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, when you're working from home, you don't get to spend as much time around your coworkers, you are in public, but you're not really able to connect with everyone uh, the way that you would otherwise. You're not going to a crowded bar or a restaurant. They might not even be open, right? So 
your social life would look very different. And especially if you know fewer people, you could, I would guess you would feel really isolated. You know, we talked about online community um, with DJ Prime and how, you know, using Instagram, he's been able to connect with others uh, who are able to support him where he is in his journey as a new father. It sounds like Max has, is, you know, is at least thinking along the lines of using, you know, social media to connect with others. And I think that that's a really good um, alternative. It's not the same, obviously, as having, you know, a support system in person, but, um, you know, as I talk to people who are also in a very similar position, they're working from home all, all the time. So they're not around their coworkers. They're not seeing friends and family the way they used to uh, pre-pandemic. Um, you know, they're finding that support online. And, you know, the way we connected, the way I've connected probably with most people over the last, I would say, five, six years has been primarily through Instagram, it is definitely doable. And I think it's one of the, the great tools that we have. Well, I, should, I don't mean Instagram specifically in that regard, but I mean, uh, social media technology, we have, um, we have ways to create these virtual communities. Um, but um, I can understand that Max also is probably feeling like that is not enough. And um, one thing that I think, you know, meeting new people may not be possible, but I think what Max should also consider here is finding ways to socially distance, but connect with his coworkers, maybe in a park or in an outdoor setting, maybe an outdoor coffee shop or a restaurant or something that's still open uh, because I think that one-on-one -on -one human connection is still super important. Mr. Will Travel, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? And like, does that play in to the situation all about making friends, especially maybe when you moved to here to Seattle and even when you moved back to Texas a couple of months ago? Uh, well, I would say uh, no. I mean, I, I would say one, sure, I'm, I, I would consider myself to be more introverted, but that doesn't really make, I don't think about that necessarily as having any anything to do with uh, how I connect with people because I tend to connect with people in very genuine ways, right? Like on values, on, um, you know, shared interest and shared pursuits. So I think I'm always looking for people who are on similar journeys because, you know, as we all take our journeys through life, um, we're going to come across all kinds of people, but generally where you are is where the, it, I would say you need to meet people where you are, but also where they are, right? So um, if you're in very, very different places, it, it can be very hard to connect, right? So if you're on very similar journeys, then you have the opportunity to support each other as you move forward. And I think that's what I have found. You know, when you and I met, I was um, just getting to Capitol Hill. I uh, had, had, didn't really know anyone in the neighborhood. And also, um, I was on Instagram, but I wasn't doing some of the fun video stuff that I started to do later. It was really in connecting with you and, you know, kind of others who were doing very similar things that I said, well, yeah, this, this is, this is something that I also would like to do. And I'm very interested in, and it was great. And I think that's, that's part of, um, 
how I think about connecting with folks that, you know, at that point, I, I was just looking to be creative and wanting to associate with other creative folks. So I did that. Now I'm in a very different place where I'm thinking a lot about, you know, technology and innovation and wanting to connect more with folks like that. And I'm doing that virtually as well and feeling very much a sense of community in doing those things. So I would say for me personally, it's, it's about um, being very genuine and saying, this is who I am and this is, this is where I am and what I'm working on and what I want to connect with people on. And I would say for me, that has been a really successful approach where um, people have come into my orbit because of that. And um, even in the cases where I'm connecting with people who maybe aren't quite on that wavelength, they're able to refer me to people who are, and that has worked too. But yeah, you have to, you have to put yourself out there in some different ways, I think. Yeah, you definitely, it, it, it takes some experimentation. I mean, it's, it's kind of like dating. I mean, it is dating, even if, there, it's not a romantic partner. Finding, yeah. finding and building friendships, the older you get becomes more complicated, right? Uh, which, which is very interesting. Like when I, it, it was so easy or at least easier when we were in school at whatever level, just to like strike up conversation because you have immediately, you already know you have that shared thing in common that you are uh, going through the daily life of attending school. Uh, and so it was very easy, but then when you start getting an adult life, it's about like, oh, how do I actually find the similarities of these people that we can actually connect on? And, and you mentioned it, work becomes the replacement of school. And then uh, if you're pursuing other passions, if you're into uh, exercising or playing sports or um, into art in some type of creative way or creating content, whatever it is, you kind of find your own networks. And the best place to go find those right now is on social media, whether it's TikTok or Twitter or Instagram. Those are the easy places right now to start building, whether it's your own community or find communities that exist and you can kind of like start the foundational building blocks of building relationships. But I can see, especially for Max and his question here, like the pandemic has been crazy because everyone is on a different comfort level of wanting to be in a social interaction. I think you mentioned a great idea. If you want to reconnect with those coworkers, initiate with yourself like, hey, I could really use and, and you kind of blame it on the job, right? And work. Like I could really use some camaraderie with my colleagues to get me excited about work. And I think a lot of your colleagues will also uh, respond well to that. Like, hey, can we plan whether it's going on a team walk or meeting in a park and having, you know, a one hour meeting, having lunch together, something like that, that is doable even during the pandemic. And I would think that your coworkers would actually respond to that because your coworkers have their own situations going on, of course, but everybody is feeling this, right? Everyone yeah, yeah. knows that there is something missing with our social interactions. And so I bet they would respond better to that. Um, I, I, I hate to take a pessimistic point of view with this, but it's just going to be hard to make friends right now. Uh, I, I am like an extreme extrovert. I, I built my entire company based off uh, talking with people online and then meeting up with them, right? Like when when you and I talk, like inviting a stranger to be like, hey, we're going to go get donuts. You seem like a cool person. Do you want to come hang out with us? Uh, was, wasn't this like crazy thing for me to do? Uh, I used to have two open coffee meetings every single week um, where it was usually on Monday and Thursday. 
And anyone that I was talking to, if they could make it to the city at eight in the morning and meet me somewhere for coffee, I was already going to the coffee shop anyways. And, and I am always fueled off talking with people in the morning. I guess that's how I energize myself. And I have lost that. And I've lost a lot of human connection over this year. And I hate to say it, I absolutely love it. It like it has been so oh, I didn't good. expect it, you to say that. <laughs> it so good for me this year to uh feel comfortable declining hanging out. Um it's been really nice. I've always felt guilty or just in general wanted to hang out with people, but now it's just like, man, I've really appreciated some of this time where I wake up in the morning and I don't have um I don't want to call it an obligation, but I I don't have to be somewhere. Um, I don't have to go to three different dinners every single week. Uh, it can it can just be draining over and over again. And I, I think back to like 2019 and 18, and there were so many weeks where a man and I would sync our calendars on Sunday night and just be like, "There's something every day, right? Like I'm I've got to do some social action with people every single day of the week, and I do never have a day off." Like I would know there would be a, a Sunday would come up and I'd be like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not leaving my couch or I'm catching up on the, my chores or whatnot. And it, it was just suffocating. And so this pandemic has been really, really nice for me because it's given me an excuse to just not talk with people. And I, I don't think that's the norm uh, for a lot of people, but I've actually really enjoyed the space that the pandemic, the, the distance that the pandemic has, has given me, but on, on, the opposite side of, of me rambling here is I've, I've seen that it's going to have long-term effects on all of the relationships that I've built up over time, right? Like there are a lot of people specifically in the Seattle, like Instagram food community that I used to see all the time at events. And I had a good standing relationship and conversation with them. Um, that we just don't have the same interactions, right? We talk through Instagram occasionally, but it's just not there anymore. And I think, um, the, if, if you want to tier level, the, the connectivity of your friends, like that entire bot, like anything beyond tier two, like has more or less been eliminated besides like mm -hmm. the small conversation. And so when the world kind of gets back to normal, I'm going to have to rebuild a lot of those relationships. Uh, but I've been personally just trying to take advantage of this time because I don't think I'll ever really like have it again. And yeah. so it has been, it has been nice, but I think that's a, uh, rare perspective going on right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I was surprised to hear you say that actually, I expect you to say, say the opposite. Um, I do have a question actually about the coffee. Um, so you would meet with random people just for coffee. Yeah. So, uh, what type of people did you meet? I mean, I have, I have met. I, I, I've probably done over the last five years, like almost a thousand meetups, right? Like I, wow. like the reason I've been able to build a strong brand and strong following is I think exclusively because I've met so many of the people I've connected with in Seattle, um, mm -hmm. from business owners. I mean, uh, Marco Baldeceda, uh, I know you've been to his pop-ups. Yes. He had been messaging me on Instagram. And then one day I was like, Hey, look, let's just meet up for coffee and let, let me get to know you and your story. And that introduced me to his whole background and his mm -hmm. inspiration of wanting to have this Peruvian restaurant. Um, and this was now like four years ago and to see him like going on this journey and the ups and downs and all the different things he's done uh, to people running for city council, 
Uh, I've met people who have unfollowed me, who are not my friends anymore. Uh, th that's always interesting ones is, is selfishly, I always knew. And, and I always like, I give people the sticker, right? The find me in Seattle sticker. Like anytime someone says hi to me on the street or they recognize me or we meet up for coffee, it's like, here, take a sticker. And that's just always like a, a reinforce the brand and everything. But I think that meeting people in person has just connected me to a lot of people and just be like, Hey, like, I'm curious to see where Connor goes on this journey. Um, and I, and hopefully in 10 years, if I become something right there, there's going to be those people who be like, wow, like I remember getting coffee with Connor before anybody knew who he was. Um, and hopefully I'm still the same person. I'm not some jerk or whatnot. Um, but when I learned that connecting with people in person like that made me feel good and hearing other people's stories uh also made them feel good because i think everyone loves sharing about themselves it uh it was just such a great way to start the day for me like i always after those monday i always did it intentionally on monday because i knew if i wake up in the morning i get ready i go to this coffee shop and i have this unique conversation with an individual the rest of the week will feel really good um it just became like a great weekly routine for me to do and uh, yeah, I haven't, haven't done that in a very long time. And I'll be curious if it's something that I get back into when when this whole thing's over. I, I, I hope I do, but, but maybe I won't. Well, it sounds like a great way to meet new people. I mean, if that could be accomplished virtually, I feel like that could be a solution for Max and for others, right? I mean, just to, to be able to have short conversations with new people. Um, and, you know, from there, you kind of determine how the conversation goes and how often you want to sync again or, or not sync. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that. That's very, it's a very good way when you're new to a city and let's say when we're back to hanging out in person again, that's a great way to meet new people. Um, but even, even now under the pandemic conditions, I think it's still possible to meet, you know, say for coffee in a park or, um, you know, in some other outdoor location. So with a mask, of course, because of course. we always wear masks. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. That's a really cool idea. So, you know, I hope um, Max has uh, gotten some ideas from our conversation and, you know, maybe he'll write back to us and let us know what he's tried. Uh, but I, I really see being in a new city as an opportunity. Um, and even during the pandemic, it requires us to ask the question, what does human connection look like now? And it does require us to think a little bit outside the box on that. And I don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily. I, I, I find that, um, yes, it definitely is going to have its challenges, but I think it's also going to have its benefits when we think about things like, you know, being able to connect in a virtual space, but also in, in person, right? And maybe looking at the prioritization, I mean, you mentioned that a little bit earlier of our relationships. Um, I know for many people, it's about being a little bit more focused on family and who's closer by and less on, you know, folks who are a little bit uh, distant. Um, it's requiring teams to think differently about what is what does it mean to be a team and how do you, when everyone is virtual, how do you, um, you know, build a sense of team. So I think all of those things are actually good things for for us as humans. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're all trying to answer that question in our own ways. And so Max isn't alone in, in that at all. 
Yeah, I think we all, th this experience during the pandemic has made us all realize, right? At least think about what are, what things are important in our lives. And we probably, a lot of us were taken for granted. I know I was the importance of human connection, right? It's just something that was always normal, but now that it's somewhat been taken away from us, realizing how important that's going to be. I'm really hoping that when we do go back to normal and we're not wearing masks and we're just like hanging out that there's like less focus maybe on our phones uh, and actually like, Oh, I'm hanging out with Mr. Well travel right now. Like I'm going to look him in the eye and actually like listen to what he's talking about because I now know what it's like to not be able to have that. Uh, hope yeah. Hopefully there's some good that comes from this. Yeah, I think there will be. Well, thank you so much to Max L for sending us an email. If you want your question answered here on Community is a Verb, send us an email at hello at communityisaverb.com or you can send either Mr. Will Traveled or find me in Seattle a message on our Instagram accounts. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, this is the only email. So we'd love to get some more in the queue if you're out there listening and you have a question that uh, relates to community and you want us to answer. Mr. Will Traveled, that is the end of the show. Do you got any parting words or things that you want to share before we sign off here this week? You know, um, I'm looking at, interestingly enough, a bag that's sitting in front of me and the word gratitude is contagious. It's, <laughs> it says gratitude is contagious. So um, that's what I want to leave us with today as a, as a parting thought is gratitude is, is contagious. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that we've made it into a new year. I'm grateful that we've had a change in, you know, administration on the national level. I'm grateful that we have a community of folks who feel still empowered to step up and fight for change in our society. And, and for a, a positive future for all. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about 2021 and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we are, um, you know, in the time that we're in and with the technology that we have and we have all the opportunities to try to um, make uh, human life better. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm leaving with. Gratitude is contagious. I love that. I'm grateful to do the show with you. I'm grateful to everyone out there who's listening. Please leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever your favorite podcasting app is, or maybe you're listening on YouTube. Please uh, give us a thumbs up and hit that subscribe button if you like there. And uh, that is the end of season two, episode two with Mr. Well-Traveled and Connor Kaysen. Thank you very much for joining the show and we'll see you in a couple weeks for episode three. Bye.